Larry was dangerous with the basketball, but he became more dangerous when he didn't have the basketball. Players like Michael Jordan, when Michael threw the ball away, he kind of like rested a little bit. He'd have to be the toughest simply from the, the mental aspect of the game is that he was always on the offense. Sometimes when you're tired and fatigued, when you throw that ball, your teammate, that's your time to rest. So you yeah. can kind of take a breather for a moment. Larry never rested. And he was always on offense and he was, he's the toughest I had to guard. Welcome everybody to Showtime podcast with Coop and what I like to call insightful BS with some of my legend friends. Today's Topics will be about uh, the Lakers bench. We have with us Larry, the Hammer Spriggs, and Bob, I never turned down a shot, McAdoo, <laughs> along with Ari, powered by betonline.ag on CLNS Media. Uh, guys, how's everybody doing? Doing wonderful, Hammer. Everybody doing wonderful, man. Doing, doing wonderful, good. Coach. I'm doing good. You good, McAdoo? Now, you're at the beach, and you know you're supposed to be self-quarantined, and you out at the beach the other day. Coop, I'm at a private beach. Oh, okay. <laughs> hey, I got plenty of distance between me. <laughs> and Ari, right, how you doing, sir? Doing great. This is, uh, this is cool to be a fly on the wall with, uh, with these guys. And uh, when Coop was putting together the, the list, the guest list, you know, he said – We'll do Kareem. We'll do Lisa Leslie. And he's like, and I, we got to do the Lakers bench gang, McAdoo and Larry Spriggs. So that to you guys should tell you the type of esteem that Coop holds with you guys and the type of fraternity that you guys have together. Well, you know what, Ari, I, I, benches are very important in the NBA. And I'm talking about a championship winning team bench. Uh, start with you, Larry. What did you think of the Lakers bench through the 80s? Through the 80s, though, Coop, uh, you know, all kidding aside, man, we had one of the strongest ones, man. And it was just so hungry, though, Coop, all the time. Now, you know our workouts and our practices was was some of the best, you know, uh, even though dude wouldn't produce like he should have. But, uh, Coop, we held it down for him. And, uh, you know, and, it, and, and those were some of the most exciting times where Pat Rouse would have to kind of cover – because we were – the blue team was intense. Oh, yeah. And that's what made that gold team so tough because we wasn't given – we wasn't given no leeway. And dude would, would never hold his own. But it's just <laughs> like guys like yourself and myself, <laughs> McGee, you know. And, and, and we felt honored, man. I, I really did. And I when I first got there to be a part of uh, that winning organization with – and seeing the guys like uh, Michael Cooper and the Bob McAdoo and the Kareem Abdul-Jabbar and, and Jamal Wilkes. And, you know, Ir- Irvin, we played against each other in high school. And uh, he was outstanding then. But, uh, I mean, you know, Coop, it was just an honor, man. It was an honor. And then when you had the logo come to me and ask me if I wanted to play with the Lakers Summer League uh, at that time, and I was just – I was in, uh, I was with Chicago, and I was like, man, what? That's like night and day. Sure thing, Mr. West. I would love it. Well, so, you know what, Larry? One of the things that makes championship teams, and I've been with the Lakers all my whole career early back in the 80s, I think as we progressed along our championship runs, we started adding players like yourself, uh, Mike McGee, and then Bob McAdoo came. And you know what McAdoo, I thought, brought 
to our team is he brought that toughness that it took for uh, a great player that he was in the league. And we're going to ask Mac his opinion right now. But when he came, he gave us a whole different mentality about what a bench was supposed to be about, being one of the greatest players ever played. And now not necessarily humbling himself, but wanting to be part of something special and coming off the Lakers bench. Well, the, the, the bench was key for the Lakers because what people didn't realize is when Pat started going to his bench, there was no drop-off. You know, I mean, we, we'd go in there and we could play against the starters or their second-line players, and it was going to be disaster coming down your way. Because like, like Spriggy said, we were, we were hungry. I mean, I got to add this, too. I mean, when we had the scrimmage against Magic and Kareem and them, it was me, Cooper, and McGee that had to keep everything going because, you know, Spriggy from Little Howard University. Though, hey, let me finish. Little Spriggy from Howard University. He couldn't <laughs> score, you know, Coop, you know, me and Coop, Coop New Mexico, North Carolina, Michigan. We played, we played in some road, serious, dude. we played in some serious conferences. We didn't play in the Mediac. <laughs> Them play, hey, you know, hey. little high school players. They didn't know how he but, scored twenty points a game in that league. I mean, that's like three time. Hey, by the way, division one. Come on, Coop. But Mac, hold up, y'all. But Mac, Spring brought some muscle to us, man. He was a hammer. Dude he was soft. Dude was soft, Coop. You know, you know <laughs> we hey. had to carry him a lot of times, Coop. Coop. You know that, Coop. Coop. You know that muscle rule crap didn't mean nothing. <laughs> came, Sprig hey. first came, he tried to muscle me, and I looked at him like, what's this little hey. I told him Coop. dude was light in the britches, Coop, and Coop. I told him that, and Coop. I always said, you better stay outside with the guards. And that's Coop. where he ended up hey, hey, with hey, you Coop. guys, Coop. 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 He ended up with you guys Coop. out there. Do I have to get the NBA Manual. I knew you was about to go show him there was three, was about three scoring championships. But you, you know, were not uh, about MVP. winning, though. You okay. Okay. Oh, I knew about winning. I knew about, about winning because you wasn't about playing together. And see, I was Coop playing together. Hey, fellas, listen. All right. Okay. Cool. Listen, yeah. today, today we're supposed to be a team. Okay. Yeah, we all I know everybody had their deficiency. <laughs> Everybody had this. You was our leader, Coop, and then you sparked the energy. So, and then when when Rouse would bring myself and McAdoo in, Mac, Mac, it dropped off a lot with Mac. It, it dropped off a lot, but we were still ready to to pick up the pieces, like Mac said. But Spring, now listen again. Like I just said, everybody had their strengths and their weaknesses. Uh, as McAdoo say, you probably couldn't score. As you say, McAdoo couldn't hold his own defense. But we covered up for each other. I think that exactly. was the most important part. Uh, start with you, Larry. One of your favorite memories uh, through, let's say, through the 80s that you really enjoyed or thought about our, our, our bench team. Well, with the, with the bench, though, Coop, man, I'm telling you, you were always a spark. That's why you were always so successful as the six-man, you know, and, and receiving that award so many times because you sparked the energy, and we did not want to disappoint you if we could. <laughs> I'm telling you, what? We didn't. We didn't. We did not want to disappoint you. And Coop, I mean, you know, dude, I know you can look to your right and you can see the disappointment. But I was not trying to disappoint you because I knew my role. Pat would say, uh, 
Larry, you got you got six fouls. It, it, so, so Larry, that's your memory. It's not disappointing me. What about a memory of the game and what we had? The to memory of the game, uh, not as a as a. He's got no memories. Hey, <laughs> he's got no memory. Hey, the memory of the game and hack somebody <laughs> and beat him yeah. up and bloody him and get hey. out of there. Hey, that cool. was his role. He played hey, cool. his role. Yeah, cool. he played his role. He played his role well. He was he was bullied. He was hey, like Mike hey, Tyson. Come out there and bully somebody. Hey, hey cool. My memories was actually uh, when uh, after we got after we had that um, uh, Memorial Day massacre. Yeah. And then a lot of the times, uh, you know, Irv Irv was our spokesperson, and you know, and he was our motivator, and he was he would always uh, you know try to uplift everybody. But when Cap spoke. And Kareem spoke and said, man, I'm, you guys, I apologize for this game here. It'll never happen again. And I'll never forget that, man. And I said, man, Cap spoke. And he was like, he was saying that that was on him. It was his fault. And he never let us down after that. And then when he started swinging that hook left and right from about 19 to 20 feet out, then you knew everything was going to be all right. Everything was going to And you know what? That was a magnificent moment. I'm glad you brought that up. Dude, what are some of your, what are your, one of your memories about our Laker bench that really propelled us through that era? What I remember is, like I said before, uh, we'd come in the game and usually, you know, the starters would be down. We'd bring them back up. Okay. We go, we might be down 10. We, when we left out of the game, we were up 10. This was, this was our mantra. This is what we wanted to do because we were so competitive being over on that bench. You know, all of us thought we should have started anyway. <laughs> that was the problem. You know, we, we came out there, all of us, we had a chip on our shoulder. And this is what people don't realize. This, that team, we had a serious chip. It wasn't a little toothpick chip. It was a telephone pole chip. And when we came out there, we was trying to hurt people at the, you know, at just letting at, the coach know that we, we were out. ready. We, we did we did the same thing in practice. When we played, when Pat used to split us up in practice, I don't remember them ever winning a game to 10. Do you cool? <laughs> you spring? Yeah. I don't no, I don't remember them winning the game to 10. Coop was locking down and was frustrating from uh, Byron and Irving. And, you know, and, and, and Coop could play the one and the two. And then sometimes you, you just had too many hungry guys on that blue. You had Cooper, you had McGee, you had McAdoo, you had Cupcheck, who was frustrating Kareem sometimes. He, and, uh, he not, <laughs> might not stop him, but he's going to frustrate him, though. You know what I mean? You know what? That, that was the joy of uh, of uh, being on that team for me was the fact that our starters never could take a day off. No. Uh, because they knew there were people behind them ready to Absolutely. step up. And you know Absolutely. what? To me, Absolutely. that's the difference from today's NBA as opposed to the NBA when we played. Guys don't mind sitting out. Because I remember, you know, Mike McGee's famous words is, you sit out, I'm going to take that spot. Go ahead. <laughs> Absolutely. Hey, 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 cool, cool. I don't know if you remember, Pat came in one time. He was mad at the uh, starters because they got off to a slow start. And we were kind of sitting there looking at each other like, 
Hey, what are you mad at them for? Look right down the bench. Yeah, all you got to do is go down to the bench. All you got to do is go down to the bench. Hey, ain't no drop off. Matter of fact, matter of fact, it was some better pieces over there on that bench. Quiet as it's kept. I don't want me. I'm glad you're able to get all this out because I remember kids, we used to hear this on the bench. When he going to come to us? When he going to come to us? But you know what? Every time he pulled that trigger, like Max said, when we left the game, there was a couple of games where we left and we come out of there and the score was a little bit down. But most of the time, 95% of the time, when we left the the, the game, either that score was tied or we went up a lot more than what was happening when we went in the game. But Coop, 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 you know you know what I remember too? I will never forget this. This was the funny as it could be. When Pat, you know, we'd be over there with our warm-up pants on when Pat would get up and start looking down the bench, all of us <laughs> get the pool back and forth and start pulling off our pants. <laughs> it, was like, it was like, whoa, who's going to go in first? And you know what, Mac, Mac, I'm glad you said that because most coaches are point down there. Riles had to call a name because yeah. he just pointed down there. It was like he was Everybody be getting the... <laughs> <laughs> Everybody be here though. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, that was that was sure. hunger, man. Hi, this is Michael Cooper. Currently with no NBA, NHL, or MLB, you might think there's nothing to bet on. Well, you'd be wrong. Our exclusive partner, Bet Online, still has hundreds of events, games, and props to wager on, from their online casino to poker and blackjack, as they are bringing the Vegas to you. Missing the NFL? No problem. Bet Online has live daily Madden NFL 20 simulations you can wager on. If you're into entertaining betting, you can still bet on Survivor, Big Brother, American Idol, stock prices, and even the Nathan's Hot Dog Eating Contest. Open 24 hours a day, all online. Visit the website or use your mobile device and join today to receive your new welcome bonus. Bet online, your online wagering solution. Talk to us about a little bit about today's bench players and team compared to all the teams because you figure Boston had a good uh, bench back then. Philadelphia had a good bench. Yeah. Uh, Seattle Superstar. A lot of teams had good benches or people that could come off and be, and be contributory to what was going on on the court, as opposed to today's game where players, you know, it's usually that starters that's playing 95% of the time. Well, the game has changed so much now. I mean, I don't think you, Spriggs, you didn't play AAU ball, did you? Uh, yeah, we did. We we, we actually, uh, we played that AAU ball, but it was, uh, and then that's when we had a chance to go up against Magic from the Michigan All-Star well, see, team. Well, see, we, we didn't have AAU. We didn't have guys being projected the top guy when you were 15. Yeah, no, none of that. None of that, no. These, yeah. these guys, these guys are entitled now. Yeah, yeah. they feel they're yeah. entitled now. I mean, we, yeah. we were there for the team. I mean, all the things I did in my career, I sacrificed because I had done everything in my career as a player except win a championship. So I kept my mouth shut and I, I played and I got two championship rings because of it. You know, and I can look back now as an older guy and say, you know, I'm satisfied with my career. I don't think these young guys are, are made like that now. 
you know, with social media and everything, you know, it's, it's about their brand and stuff. If they sitting on the bench, you know, that's messing up my brand. So, you know, I mean, I look at guys that could have played longer, like Allen Iverson and uh, uh, what's his name uh, that used to play with New York, was a star in New York, Carmelo. Those guys, they said, no, I'm not coming off of no bench. Well, if you haven't won a championship, you know, and you get to a good team, you know, I remember articles in the paper, they were saying, hey, do what McAdoo did. He, he didn't raise hell. He went out there and played and came off the bench. I'm sure he didn't like it. And I didn't like it, but I, I did it for the sake of completing my career. And I think those two guys, those are two examples, Allen Iverson and Carmelo, if they'd have gone to better teams and just said, look, look, you know, because they had, they, those two guys had great careers, but they don't have that championship behind their name. I, I can stick my chest out there as an older guy and say, look, I got, I got two rings as a player. My, my career is complete. And I think that's what most of the older guys, you know, want. They, they want, you know, the championship ring because that's what you plan for when you start training camp every year. Yeah, and I agree with you, Mac. Now, today's players, with so much social media going on, are thinking about themselves and not necessarily the team. Larry? Uh, it, it was pretty much like you said, man. It was just about what could you contribute to your team that you own to win a championship. Now, see, dude had a different outlook on life, not on life, but on the game, because he was an outstanding all-star player. But myself, I could I could make adjustments in saying, hey, uh, you know, um, uh, coming into an organization, what could I could contribute to help this team win? Dude was about winning, but dude was also about getting them numbers too, though. Now let's don't get that twisted. So, Larry, are you calling uh, Mac a selfish player at one point in time? Uh, at one time or another, he was. Okay, he, was he was a selfish he was, player. He was pretty okay. selfish. Because him and him and McGee, oh Coop, I could get an offensive <laughs> rebound. I could get an offensive rebound, Cooper, and they would say, "Briggs, you know you miss me out here." <laughs> They're sitting out on the three point line. They out on the three point line, Coop. You know you miss me, Spriggy. Uh, can I make a? Can I? Could I put a put back in? Hey, Coop. Can oh, I please oh, put a Coop? Coop, you know, you know how I want to stop Spriggy. Well, you know, no. me, before we even got on this podcast, you know, me and Spriggy, we text each other anyway. We talk cash <laughs> buku junk all the time. But let me ask him. You think Kevin Durant is selfish? You <laughs> think LeBron James is selfish? You think Not James Harden is selfish? You think uh, Westbrook is selfish? Hey, if you can put it down, if you can coop, if you can Give hey, a dude. joke of 30 dude. numbers, you do that. Why would you hold yourself back and hit four points a game like like Larry when you can get 30 yeah, But those four games? points contribute to a win, Coop. Uh, I do that, but listen, Mac, of the four players you named, two of them ain't got championships now. Yeah, so they don't, but they and don't. Then, hey, Coop, and also, too, Coop, that uh, uh, Kevin Durant is not saying to – uh, uh, Draymond Green, uh, the, uh, when he once he gets an offensive rebound, you know you miss me, you know. And you don't know what he's not saying. I saw Draymond. 
I saw I saw Kevin Durant get mad at Draymond, yeah, because he didn't pass him the ball on a fast break. And hold it, before I forget this thought, uh, James Harden, two hundred million. Westbrook, two hundred million. I can't, I, I can't oh, never talk oh, about nobody's oh, paper, dude. What you got to say about that? They man, put uh, they put it down. They put it down. And again, let me ask both of you guys this question. Would you rather have the money or a championship ring? I would have, I would love to have the championship. <laughs> That's a toss up, cool. That's no, bull. you gotta pick one. You gotta pick That's one. Bull. Pick one, Steve. <laughs> Steve. I, the money is not good. Okay. The money is not bad, Coop. The oh, money you is gonna not take bad. the money or the ring. But you saying what amount of money though? Are you gonna take the money or the ring? Which one? We going yeah, we let's put I the money. Go with, I would go with million. The, 200 million, like, yeah. like Westbrook those kind of numbers, I would take the money. Okay, and I can right. say, absolutely. Yeah. You're done. All right, McAdoo, yeah. money or the ring? Give me the, show me the money. <laughs> show me the money. Okay. Because, because, because cool, cool. It's like. No, no, no McAdoo. No, 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 I'm just telling you, I'm just telling you how I got to that. Okay. You know, I, I read a lot of history. I remember, I remember when Muhammad Ali came back from the 64, I think, Olympics with his gold medal. And he said, this gold medal, I can't buy no bread with no gold medal. You know, right. it's like, you guys going to be 60 and 70 years old, hopefully one day. And you don't want to be broke, man. But, but, but do but don't dude, mean I, nothing. I hear you. I understand that. But today we're talking about in today's world, and I understand that. Give a lot of respect to Muhammad Ali, and that's what he did for that time. But yeah. right now, you and Larry took the money. Okay, I'm gonna tell you why yeah. I would take the ring. Mm-hmm. People don't forget champions, and you're gonna spend that money up, and then you'll just be another player that was broke and spent his money up. Remember that the champion. Ho, let me stop. Let me stop you right there. Let me stop you right there. Everybody ain't gonna spend the money up. No, not all. Not that. Everybody not spend the money. Some not people, some people, some people gonna turn that money around. Like what's the what's the brother that played with Milwaukee that's worth six hundred million now? Junior Bridgman. He turned his small wages. But he but worth Matt, but Matt, listen, I understand that. But eventually, you're gonna have to go go where you're going. Pass on, and, and when, you, when you're dead and gone. People are just going to remember, well, he had a lot of money, but they're going to remember me being a champion. People don't forget champions, Cooper, man. Cooper, 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 in this greater scheme of things, who cares? <laughs> really? Really? Who cares? I have to. I'm older than you guys now. I'm older than you guys now. It's like, right, right now, I'm, I'm at a private beach looking at the water, you know, <laughs> chilling. You can't you. say you, Mac. You can't say you because you're a champion. Yeah, you're a We've had a chance to get the money and win championships. But if you yeah, could cool. only do one in your career, you could only do one, would you Give rather me, take that money show, show and be never heard of again show. or be a champion that people are going to always remember? I'd rather, I, I'd rather have the money so I can live the rest of my life. If I live to be 70 or 80 years old, I want to be 
comfortable in okay, life. Mac, I understand that. And that's what people are going to say. Okay, dude's yeah. gone. And you know what? When Coop gone, but he's gone, but that mug was a champion. Well, Coop, you were, no, no, oh. you're talking about, Coop, you're talking about your uh, achievements on the, on the court, man. You were a heck of that's a defender. That's how we're going to be remembered. No, that's no, no, no. We basketball. remember you <laughs> as a defender. And, Coop. hey, you could, hey, I'm with Mac now. Now, see, you're going to have, you're going to be remembered as one of the top defenders, but you're going to also be remembered as uh, receiving uh, $200 million if you did not, if you weren't a part of uh, championships. But you know what I mean? Remember oh, that. That doesn't, cool, that cool, doesn't cool, go cool. in the record book. Cool, cool. Let, me tell you, cool. let me tell you something about time. You should know better than that. The young boys that's growing up now, they don't know nothing about Michael Jordan. They Are you crazy, Hold it, hold it, hold it. Cool. Wilt Chamberlain averaged 50 points, 30 rebounds, 10 block shots. Does anybody even talk about him anymore? No, because he's a champion. They won a championship. That's what yeah, people remember you, Wilt by. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. In his off course activities, you know, uh, what he did in the room. 20,000. 20,000. When you go through time, nobody nobody cares, man. Nobody cares. I it's, I, it's I, I beg to differ, live. Mac. I, I think I differ. I beg to differ. I do. I, you know what? Well, I mean, you you, you right. You right. Cool. People were Perhaps it's cool. What, you what, what might not feel the it? same way if you weren't. Yeah. Uh, a four or five time champion, Coop. You might not feel that way. If, you, if I won one championship, I would much rather. I, I'm not talking about multiple. I'm telling you, if you had a chance to take the money one time yes, or win right. one championship, what would you do? You guys pick the money. I beg to differ and say I would rather because when we're dead and gone, people are going to say, you know what? Coop was gone, but he was a champion. And what are they gonna say about McAdoo? McAdoo, he spends up all his money. He can't, but hey, he's no, 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 no. See, McAdoo ain't gonna see the thing is, McAdoo ain't gonna spend up his all his money. The thing is, with that, <laughs> yeah, the thing right. is, with yeah, that 200 true. million, yeah. with that 200 yeah. million that 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 uh, that his Westbrook kids will pass getting, your grandkids, my, 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 ch- my children yeah. gonna be set, yeah. <laughs> your grandchildren yeah. gonna be set, and yeah. you yeah. they gonna say. Well, my granddaddy and my great granddaddy won a championship. They gonna say, "Who cares?" He's going Italian now. Okay. There you go. He's going Italian. It's interesting that this comes on the heels of you guys talking about the modern game and and modern players. Maybe a guy that's a big time scorer is not going to take, you know, like a Carmelo, not going to go somewhere else where he's not going to start. But do you think that this is a part of that too, where guys know that if they start, they're going to make more money? They'd rather make the money than I mean, because I think a lot of these guys today would make the decision to I'll take the money over the championships. Well, when you look, when you look, think about it now, think about it. I've thought about this. I don't know what it was, uh, what these guys make now, but when you win a championship, I think you make about maybe once, once they split it up, you make about 175, 200. Give me a break. These guys making a million dollars, two million, you know, Curry making two million a month, playing an extra two months to make a buck 75 when they make a, a million a month. Are you kidding me? And, I, and Max, Come on. that's why I say you gotta, that's what's wrong with today's game. Because, again, it's all about me and not about we. 
And that's why you get the dysfunctional play that you get on certain teams. But when teams pull it together, like the Golden State Warriors, like the Lakers were this year, that are going to turn in the championship, yes, yeah. I love the money too. I, I, I would love the mm -hmm. money. But I play this game for what we meant it to be about, playing with a bunch of guys that you can uh, love and respect and sometimes hate. And you guys are all for that one common goal of winning a championship. And that's what I love about the game. And that's what I think is missing about today's game. Yeah, I mean, you, you that's absolutely true, though, Coop. And then uh, of today's game. But the Lakers were on their way. They were on their way, and they had the togetherness. And it looked like they had it all throughout from the number one to the number 13 guy. And they were on their way. But this was of a different era, Coop. And what Mac is, and myself is, was saying pretty much was that if you, uh, of, of the time when we were playing, to be able to make $200 million, now you know, heard of, uh, um, Magic, was, things that he was doing was unheard of, making $25 million for 25 years. You know, now some cats are making $25 million a year. Yeah. You know, so that money is totally different right now. It's totally different. Well, it's like it's like it's like you talking about the championship team. Remember, Coop, you got guys this the high end of the uh, salary structure, and you got guys in the low end of the salary structure on these championship teams. I mean, I'm trying to think of somebody who gonna remember. Uh, you remember Kevin McKenna, who used to play with us. When they talk about championship teams, who going to be thinking I actually, about it? I actually do remember Kevin McKenna. He's you, in Oregon right Chicago, now. He's in Oregon. the Chicago Oregon. Bulls and, and their dynasty, you think they talking about Stacey King or, 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 or your boy? Longley? Or your boy? Yes, I do. I do. Or your yeah, boy they are, they are do. They are do. Hey. No, 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 no. Come on, man. Come on, man. Come on. Hold on, hold on. Think about this. They, they talk about those gentlemen, though, Cooper. How many, how many yeah. championships does Robert yeah. Ory have? About six or seven? Seven. Yeah. Seven. Do they yeah. talk about him? Absolutely <laughs> not. They talking about Shaq and they talking about Kobe. That's what I'm saying. I mean, yeah, the, I understand, Coop. The camaraderie with the guys on that team is unbelievable. I mean, every time I see Coop, or Spriggs, or Magic, and them. Hey, we got a great time. And people can probably name our top eight or nine players that played. But, but, remember, guys gonna be 50, 60, 70 years old, and they wanna, you you wanna pot the piss in, man, when you when you get that age. I, and, and I, think that's what, I think that's why I think that's why Sprig know what I'm talking about. Yeah, I it's do. The money, I it's the money. You know, who cares about that recognition? Because these young kids now, I'm telling you, Coop, they don't know nothing about no Michael Jordan. Their thing there is Harden and Durant and stuff. When your time is passed, it's passed. Nobody going to talk about you anymore. I'm telling you, Coop. Uh, Will Chamberlain got the greatest statistics in the history of the world. Who talks about him? 50, 30, and 10? Oscar Robinson. You're talking 10, about them. 10. Hey, I, I hear what you're saying. We're connoisseurs of the game, Coop. We know the history of the game. The regular people on the street, you don't hear them talking about Will Chamberlain or Oscar Robinson. You don't hear that. They they forgotten. 
They forgot, man. I'm telling you, this, this is the way it is. Okay. Well, listen, you're listening to Showtime with Coop. I uh, got some special <laughs> friends on with me, Larry Spriggs from Maryland and Bob McAdoo from deep, 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 deep down in North Carolina. Uh, you know, and the NBA, and I think they really should not have done this, but again, one of the things that they try to do is just to uh, uh, celebrate and acknowledge the greatest players that's ever played this game. And Mac, I'm going to start with you first on this. They did the 50 greatest players. Mm-hmm. You weren't on that team, McAdoo. No, that's a disgrace. Because my son, my oldest son came to me after he saw the list and he went through the NBA manual and he said, dad, you were the only MVP. You were the only scoring champ that didn't make that team. And I mean, I knew that he didn't have to tell me that, but my oldest son told me that. And I think, I think it's a travesty because I know what I did, you know, and some of the players that were on that top 50, oh my God. I tortured some of those. I, it's no need to be calling the name. But, <laughs> don't, call, don't call no names, man. No, I don't call no names. And like oh, I said, I was man, the only. I was the only. Man, I was the only MVP at that time. At that don't. At that only time, it had only been thirty-five MVPs in the history of the league at that time. Mm-hmm. And yeah, <laughs> this is where I think. This is where I think my coming off the bench with the Lakers probably hurt me. Because when voters start voting, they looked at me as a bench guy and, and didn't take the first 10 years of my career, which was, you know, outstanding. And, and, and look at that. And, uh, you know, it, it was painful. It, it, you know, and I looked at it for the longest time. I said, how can this be possible? The only MVP, the only scoring championship, and not one championship, multiple scoring championships. And came in twice. It, it was it was twice. I came in second for MVP. But you, hey, you know how we're lost hey, listen, in history. In history Matt, it's, it's, I love you. It's not, it's you're not you're right. You're in my top fifty. You're in it's my not, top fifty, Bob. Oh, he's definitely he's in my top fifty yeah, too. You're in my top I, I top you top ten too. y'all, y'all, my boys, and I love y'all for that. Because you know, you, you y'all know the deal. But that that that. That was not right, especially when I when I, I I I went off when I saw it and I called people's names and they knew I was right when I called these names out because I've seen and played against the majority of these players. But do and, a lot of people that vote doesn't doesn't play in the game neither though. You I know, know, I know, I know, I know. All of us have grew up, uh, especially in the '60s, '70s. McAdoo in the fifties. Uh, nah. <laughs> yeah, Raleigh, oh, Raleigh in the fifties. I, I was a young boy in the fifties. <laughs> <laughs> on, on the street. Listen, if there was one guy that terrorized you on the court in your neighborhood when you were growing up, when you were fourteen, fifteen, McAdoo, tell us about your nemesis, Moses. Coop, Coop, don't. <laughs> I, I, I don't want you. I don't want you to think I'm arrogant or nothing like that. But I had no fear. Nobody coming down the pipe. <laughs> I, really I really didn't. I really did There was didn't. nobody in Carolina that scared you on the court. Nobody. <laughs> you hear me? Nobody. Coop, I ain't made like that, bro. 
<laughs> I really didn't have nobody. Nobody. So you were the beast to be feared. Yes. Okay. When they, All right. when, they well, saw, when they saw when they saw this young boy coming, it was like, oh no. <laughs> <laughs> it was gonna be some it was gonna be some trouble, boy. Coming dude, down the What pipe. was your size in high school, dude? You were six eleven? Uh, I went from being a six four sophomore to a six eight, six nine senior. Wow. But Mac, you so could I, always score. Yeah, I could always score. That that start that started happening for me in uh, middle school when I started being an eighth and ninth grader. Uh -huh. um, I started working, uh, I, but I, I I can tell you who I used to love though to see, but they never played on the playground. Oh, uh, and Sprays can tell you about this. Before it was the MAC, it was the CIAA. You know the the black leagues, uh -huh. and I used to go. My father used to take me to see North Carolina A&T and Winston-Salem State play. And you know, I used to see Black Magic, Earl the Earl Pearl, Pearl. Monroe. Yeah, yeah. Now, he's the guy. He, he's yes, the guy. Indeed. He's the guy that I used to that I used to look up to. He was like a god back in the Carolinas, probably from Philly to Carolina, because I know Earl is from Philly, but he went Black to Winston-Salem State for food. But yeah, Black Jesus. Yeah, but, you know uh, what? This, I had a chance to see. See him play, Mac. I I was impressed with his ball handling, but I never seen anybody that can handle the ball that well. Coop, he had his forty a game in college. Damn. I mean, he was just unbelievable, spinning, twirling, yeah. making shots. Over it didn't, it didn't make any difference. And he was one of the first guys. Uh, Sprig probably know because he knows the history. He's one of the first guys from the black leagues that that went in the first round. Wow. Back in the day, Earl Monroe. He he. I mean, they won the. Uh, they won the. Uh, matter of fact, they got beat by North Carolina and in the championship. But they went to the NCAA Division Two, and they won the Division Two championship. But when the scouts saw him, hey, he How was. Did he get I the think name he got. Pearl? He got drafted by the. Uh, I don't know. They they just caught. They just rhymed. Earl the Pearl, sweetest yeah. in the world. <laughs> That's what they did. And then the way he handled the ball, they called him, they called him Black Magic, you know. Black Magic. And, uh, he, he, and he had a hell of, he got a hell of a professional career. He got championships with the New York Knicks when he joined up with Walt Frazier. But uh, he, he, was, he was a hell of a player. He's one of the guys, you know, when you said play in the neighborhood, mm -hmm. no, I didn't have any fear. But I had guys I looked up to. And Earl Monroe was one of the guys that I looked up to growing up. The one person uh, for me out here on the West Coast, and he was a little tiny dude, uh, <laughs> was Raymond Lewis. Raymond, Raymond Lewis. Lewis, man, came out of Cal State LA. Heard a lot about him. Summer pro League over here. And he played at the uh, – Crenshaw had a summer pro league run by a gentleman named Joe Weekly who has passed on. Man – I didn't fear a lot of people, and I'm not going to say I've ever feared him, but this guy had my ultimate respect because Raymond used to play over here at the Cal State Summer Pro League. They used to have it here in Los Angeles. Raymond right. would play, and he would get 50 points in the first half and sit out the whole second half. And oh, he boy. would drop in yeah. numbers like 50, 60, yeah. and this is before the three-point line. Raymond right. could yes. come two or three dribbles past the half court, pull up, and hit a shot. He was so good, and – uh, and but he had that troubled side because uh, people thought that he was uncoachable, uh, had a bad attitude, wouldn't pass. So the Philadelphia 76ers draft tried to draft him, and they took Doug Collins 
and uh, was it Doug Collins and him were on the same team, but they yeah, they were on the same team. Playing time, uh, and that set Raymond. I mean, that did not sit well with Raymond, and that's why. But you <laughs> know what? Raymond Lewis should have been in the NBA, man, and one of the greatest point guards, two guards, shooting guards you've ever seen. Raymond Lewis. Yeah, yeah you're right, Coop. You're right. Good. And had a, had he had a calmer attitude, he would have been a really successful ball player. I, I his family and and my in laws were really tight, yeah. really close. Well, uh-huh. he, he was a Bob McAdoo before there was a Bob because he talked mucho mucho shit all the time. <laughs> <laughs> Cool, cool. I never, I never been a smack talk. I just talk. I talk junk to to Larry and you and a couple of other people. But you know, when I played, nobody ever heard me say a word. I, I, I just kept, I just kept a calm view. You know, if you, if the camera spanned me, I could be twenty points down or twenty points ahead. I, I, I never like these players now showing all this. They hit a shot of three and putting their fingers up or hit a dunk. And, Dude, I used, to, I used to get on Shaq because Shaq, I, I saw him make a dunk and he started doing all this like this. I said, Shaq, what is that? You <laughs> made a dunk. You're supposed to be seven feet tall. But I mean, I, I, I never showed my emotions because I've always been an athlete. I, I didn't believe in that. I mean, I, now, you know, that I'm an older guy, you know, of course, I'm going to talk smack because I got the championship rings and I got all that. You know, I mean, I, I'm proud of that. You know, and I'm listen, talking. and dude, that's all we got left because we can't play anymore. Hey, you listen to Showtime with Coop <laughs> podcast. This is what I call Coop's lightning round, okay? And Larry, I'm going to throw some names at you, and you just tell me a little bit about this person that I'm going to talk to you about, okay? So, okay. Um, uh, Bob McAdoo. McAdoo, outstanding offensive, instant offensive machine. Offensive machine never once wanted to pass the ball. If the ball had left his hand uh, on the pass, it, it fell out, it slipped through his hands. And uh, But he was an outstanding uh, offensive machine. Not okay. much on uh, defense. Uh, ML Carr. ML Carr uh, uh, ran his mouth too much. I didn't like that. Uh, you know, he, I, I don't like him. I don't like him. Cedric Maxwell, Cornbread. Cornbread, a sweet ball player he was about his business he, and he wouldn't he wouldn't have talked much if he wasn't around ml car <laughs> <laughs> all right mcadoo you but, ready <laughs> cool. can i add this real quick yeah go ahead <laughs> but he would he would talk mess up to guys like like mm-hmm. a james uh uh james worthy or mcadoo because dude was soft go ahead <laughs> Yeah, okay. McAdoo, right. Dave <laughs> yeah. Cowens. Dave Cowens, respected him. Uh, you know, tough nose, hard nose, center, but uh, I had his number, you know, especially when I was in Buffalo. I, I remember uh, <laughs> I saw John Havlicek before he passed away, and John just shook his head, said, and I never knew this. John said, Bob, you, you drove Dave crazy because <laughs> – you know, I mean, I must have averaged 35 or 36 points against him. And he was the dominant, one of the dominant centers with Kareem in the league at that time. But you know how matchups are, Cooper. Sometimes you just got an advantage over people with, with matchups. But he, he had a great career in Boston. And, uh, you know, he was one of those centers that could 
space the floor too, shooting outside. So he, he, all that thing, he, much respect for me. He's a great player. Bob Lanier. The Daba. They call him the dancing elephant. <laughs> Big Daba was tough, tough cover. When people used to ask me, who were your toughest covers in the league? Especially when I was young in Buffalo, it was always Kareem and Bob Lanier. You know, he was left-handed. He had that bulky body on you. He hit you with that butt and, and shoot that hook on you. And plus, he could shoot from the outside. Uh, much respect for him, too. He was, he was a great player in Detroit also. Zach Sigma. He turned face, make like he's shooting. <laughs> tough, tough, tough guy in the post. I mean, he, I mean, he's got him a championship, too, I think, with Seattle. He was a very tough cover in Seattle, six foot 11, uh, didn't have great mobility, but he had enough. When he got that ball in the post, you, you were definitely in trouble trying to guard Jack Sigmund. And last but not least, your boy, Randy Smith. Oh Man, boy, Randy. The, fa the fastest basketball player I have ever seen. Hold, 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 hold up, Mac. Hold up on that. Norm Nixon said he was the fastest. You got, you got stone. stone. No, no, Norm Nixon. No. Mr. Big, Mr. Big, Mr. Big. <laughs> Mr. Big. No comparison with speed. No comparison. I'm telling you, Randy could run a 9-100 yard dash. He was an All-American soccer player at Buffalo State. I have never, if you put them on the line, and have to run a suicide, Randy would be coming back while Norman would be going up the court. <laughs> no, not, not the foot speed ain't even close. So he's quicker than AI too, do is what you're After saying? Running, 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 running fast. Yeah. If you had to go baseline to baseline, Randy Smith, and I think if you go talk to some of the players that have been in this league and seen the players, they'll tell you, the fastest player this league has ever. Randy was a world-class sprinter. He's a world-class sprinter. He could, you, could, you could put him out there. I mean, he probably wouldn't beat Usain Bolt, but you could put him on the line with the eight, you know, guys for the Olympics, and he would show well in that because that's how fast he was. I mean, I've never seen a slow soccer player anyway. Remember, I told you, he was an All-American soccer player in college, along with the basketball. So guys as quick as, as uh, Ricky Green wasn't fast like Randy? Well, Allen Iverson, Cooper, the way Cooper did the question, R Green, quick. AI, quick. Randy was quick and fast. He said the fastest. Yeah. Fastest to me is foot speed, baseline to baseline. They, they couldn't hang with him baseline to baseline. So, no Coop, can I ask you a question, Coop? Yeah. Who was the, you being one of the top defenders in the uh, in the league and been there for a good little while, who was one of the toughest guys you had to defend that you thought, I know you took those challenges every day, night in and night out, but who would you say, like, God, dog it, I got I to gotta, I gotta defend this guy today? Uh, good question, Sweetie. You guys all know this. I think some of the, the top ones was George Gervin, uh, late great Mike Mitchell. Mike Mitchell could score, man. That's yeah, yeah, the Sam best of him. People forget yeah, about how could. good that guy he was. Uh, yeah, Mid-range and close to the basket. Uh, obviously, Michael Jordan, a young Michael Jordan. But the hardest one, and, and 
would have to be Larry Bird. And the only reason I say this is because Larry was dangerous with the basketball, but he became more dangerous when he didn't have the basketball. Players like Michael Jordan, when Michael threw the ball away, he kind of like rested a little bit. Mike mm-hmm. Mitchell threw it to Gervin. Gervin would rest and, and vice versa. But Larry was going to go rebound the ball. He was going to go set a pick for somebody. When he mm-hmm. had the ball, if he wasn't scoring, he was looking to throw it to somebody for a score. So he'd have to be the toughest simply from the, the mental aspect of the game is that he was always on the offense where those guys, when they had the basketball and, and do, you know, this, but sometimes when you're tired and fatigued, when you throw that ball, your teammate, that's your time to rest. So you yeah. can kind of take a breather for a moment. Larry never rested and he was always mm-hmm. on offense and he was, he's the toughest I had to guard. But another player I like to bring up that people have a tendency to forget too. That fucking Andrew Tony, man, this dude here from Ooh. Southwest Louisiana, before, boy, before uh, he blew his Achilles, yeah. and, and Arya know this, they used to call that boy the Boston Strangler because Boston, Boston anybody Strangler. that could guard that oh, dude, yeah. man, Andrew Tony was a flat-out bitch on that basketball court. Man, right. that guy went at you at all positions. He could take you down the low post. He could take you from 15, and he had that, that moxie like Benny Johnson had you ain't stopping me and he turned around and shoot in your face so but those them guys were good man but Larry hey, cool. probably have to be the best cool. did you what what did you think did you have a guard uh David Thompson David was good too he was good David prior to his Thompson his, 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 his was incidents and issues but David yeah. Thompson would just jump over you and dunk on your ass so yeah, uh, David Thompson, I, I was trying to think of another guy who yeah. who you would respect and David Thompson, let me yeah. tell you, David Thompson, when I saw him, he was he was just an unbelievable player. Bob McAdoo, mm-hmm. Andrew <laughs> Tony, George yeah. Irvin, them mugs right there, they didn't care what the scenario was. The defense yeah. could be geared to get to them. They were, you couldn't guard them one-on-one. That's the first yeah. thing. You couldn't be right. guard them one-on-one. Well, you yeah. could start out guarding them. But by mm-hmm. the time they got 38, it's almost too late to bring that help. Yeah. So it took yeah. two or three players to actually stop those type of players. Yeah, man, Coop, man, it was just so hard. It was so difficult for you, for for a person to set a pick on you because you could turn sideways and you become invisible. <laughs> am I am I getting due? I, mean, uh, no, I know, I know. Well, never set, listen, McAdoo never set picks anyway, so it was easy yeah. to get around him. He, he, right, right. McAdoo was about. <laughs> About half picking and popping. Yeah, I know, I know. We, 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 what do we call it, Coop? When we were there, uh, Pat used to call it lock and trail. Yeah, get behind, get behind you on the pick, you couldn't uh-huh. pick because he was following the offensive yeah. guy right uh-huh. on his butt. There was nothing for you to pick. Exactly. You know? either gonna get a moving pick or yeah. either Coop is through. Yeah, yeah I know. But Coop, Coop, let me ask you. What other guys did you respect in the league as defenders when you were coming up uh, or during your time when you were playing? Uh, I think there was a lot of them. And I, I think the late, great Dennis Johnson. Uh, Dennis yeah. coming from Los Angeles, I really, really respected him. Uh, we knew each other playing in the summertime. Great family man. Loved his family. His brother, Joy, went overseas. That talking about somebody that could jump. But yeah, DJ was yeah. good. Long arms and had great, yeah, yeah. great anticipation. Yeah, he did uh, have a defender that a lot of people have a tendency to forget is Alvin Robertson. Uh, exactly. Alvin, Robertson down down him. So yeah. Alvin used to give magic big-time problems, man. Big-time problems yeah. because Alvin was yeah. strong. Uh, he had that moxie about him, that, that right. game. Yeah. He's going to bully you a little bit. 
The mm-hmm. other one that's a good point guard that people really have a tendency to forget. And that's why Seattle Supersonics won the championship. Gus Nate. from USC. Remember Gus? Gus yeah, was Gus, Gus, made, but Gus yeah. was Gus really, Williams, really yeah. good on mm-hmm. the defensive end because he could yeah. anticipate passes. When people threw the ball, Gus would get the ball out of the middle of the air. He could steal like yeah. that. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Plays. Yeah, he was quick too. Briggs, you have named some great ones, like like you said, uh, Alvin uh, Alvin Robertson, and then uh, Nate um, from uh, from Seattle too as well. Nate um, McMillan, Nate, Nate, Nate McMillan, McMillan. Yeah. Nate McMillan. It was another outstanding one. Sidney Moncrief. Yeah, you know uh, he reminded me a lot. Uh, he reminded me a lot of a poor man's Michael Cooper. So, <laughs> McAdoo. Uh, your three well, toughest. Well, well, my 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 ex Carolina teammate Bobby Jones. Yeah. Bobby, yep. Bobby was definitely a tough defender. He was six nine, could run. He overplay you. That that's that's the one thing he did at Carolina, and he did with Denver when he first came in when Larry Brown was coaching. They overplayed everybody. They wouldn't let you catch the ball. And I think I think Bobby was an eight or nine time. All defensive league. He just made the Hall of Fame, I think, last year uh, for him. I mean, he he was one of the best defenders. And this guy, you probably guess, probably never even heard of him. His name was E.C. Coleman. Oh, yeah, yeah. In uh, New Orleans with Pistol Pete. He was an all-pro, all-league defender, too. He was 6'8". And he always guarded me. He he guarded him and Bobby Jones guarded me really tough because they 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 would deny you the ball if you didn't have if I didn't have guards on my team where I could go back door, you know you you'd have big trouble with those guys because they keep you from getting the ball. Hey Mac, and I'm gonna I'm gonna throw one more at you. The late Lonnie Shelton. Lonnie Shelton was good for the Seattle team. Remember him? Yes, he was. That's another guy that you could put. Don't even look at his size, 265 pounds. Yep. That's the guy you could put on the line, baseline to baseline, and he was going to outrun a whole lot of people. He, I think he was an All-American football player in high school, but he could run too. He was, he was just um, – I played – I had a chance to play with him in New York, and uh, he was just a fantastic athlete. And then when he went to Seattle, he started on that championship – uh, Seattle Supersonic team, and he, yeah. he he did a number on the Washington Bullets at that time. He guarded Man. Elvin. He guarded all those guys. And Lonnie wasn't afraid to fight either. Guys, <laughs> listen, we're going to end it with this. Your memories about 1985. All our years going, we're playing the Celtics, never could get over the hump, and finally we get over the hump. Spriggs, start with you. Your memories from 85. From 85, man, we knew it was going to be – uh, it was over with Coop when we seen Cap throwing that hook from the corners. He was further out right in front of their bench when he threw that hook and was running back down the floor. And he knew that, hey, man, we got this one. We were we had packed for only one uh, one one game. Right. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, I remember that. Yeah, remember and we that. were saying that, man, we're not, we not, we not going to go no more. We're not doing no more. And yeah. then, uh, and guys like uh, 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 Dude, 
I might have been eating Irvin. Hey man, what is your what is your family doing already in the Rose Garden? <laughs> my family, all of my family was in the Washington, uh, was at the White House, and I told Odu, man, he's not the only one with connections. And, uh, <laughs> and uh, man, it was just an honor, man. But we had an uncle that was a uh, presidential uh, um, uh, Secret Service guy. And uh, and he was uh, one of the first Black Navy SEALs, and uh, he was with he was with the President uh, uh, Reagan and one of his uh, security staff, man. And and man, it was just an honor, man, to be able to play. And we stopped in before we got home. We stopped in the Washington, man, and met the President. And that was my I felt really honored. To be in the in the in the Rose Garden with guys like Mike Cooper, Bob McAdoo, Kareem, uh, Magic, uh, Byron McGee, uh, Chuck, uh, James, and you know uh, Ronnie Lester, you know Cupcheck, who Herb was Rambus. A, Don't forget Rambus. Yeah, and, but Cupcheck was the original uh, tough North Carolina guy. McAdoo, what's your memory, man? Well, from '85, I think we learned a great lesson from my loss in 84. That was very painful. I know you remember yeah, that. Cool. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. we remember when we left out of there after that last loss, uh, the fans were Couldn't get throwing on stuff at our bus. And I mean, it was just so ugly. And, and we, were, I think we were determined as a group that that wasn't going to happen again. And I, I think because you correct me if I'm wrong, Coop. Seemed like the Lakers against the Celtics were like 0 and 8 or something, right? Yep, yep. They yep. never won. They them. never won. And, 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 and that, that was the kind of stuff that played on our mind. It's like, no, no, no. We we can't. We had them in 84. We had them in 84. That, we had yep. them in 84. And we, we would have gone back home up 2 0, but we made that costly error that went to overtime. And then we had some injuries. I got hurt. I think James got hurt. And, uh, you know, we, we missed a lot of scoring. And just Boston. You know, we just – we Just just hated you know, them. You know, we hated them, man. Yeah, we just, just hated, hated them. them. The history was so bad between the Lakers and Boston. And that's what was in our mind. And when we got over the hump, you know, because you, you remember in 84 when we lost – and the fans came on the court and just kind of packed yeah. us in. Yeah. We didn't have yeah. that same crap when we won. We, we uh, ran. We had room. We had the, room you know, the out of there. Yeah, we, quiet, we quieted their ass They were real down. quiet, wasn't they, They dude? were real quiet. That, 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 was, that, that was so great to me, you know, just beating Boston. Because, you know, we, we just – I hated Boston before I even got to L.A. So, you know, you know that hate was there. You know, I was so happy when we won that game, man. Unbelievable. We took – it was the monkey off our back, man, when we won that thing. Big time. Uh, but for me, my best memory, and the thing I'll always remember, never, ever have to hear them say, beat L.A. And that yeah. was the thing that, that I carried <laughs> home with me. Hey, you listen to Showtime with Coop Podcast. My guests have been Larry Spriggs and Bob McAdoo. My boy, A.T. Ari. We're out of here. Thank you. Peace. All right. All right. Peace to you.